You are listening to Late Arrivals, the Anaheim Ducks podcast on the Inside the Rink Network of Podcasts. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to episode 49 of Late Arrivals. Max Jones. Got a, got a lot to talk about uh, because the draft has finally happened and uh, it was very, very controversial. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Nobody yeah. was upset in the slightest. You know, everybody accepted the draft pick. No problem. Everyone enjoyed it. The yep. watch party was outstanding. Everyone was having fun. Nothing was forced. <laughs> Good times were had all around. <laughs> yeah. We 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 have a lot of news. A lot of news today. A lot lot to go over. Well, we'll yep. we'll save we'll save the draft talk for a second. Get through the small bits before uh before diving deep into it. Um, with uh free agency opening up tomorrow, uh, teams had to send in their lists of RFA's being qualified and receiving qualifying offers, and notably from the Ducks, uh, Max Comtois and Simone Benoit will not be receiving qualifying offers, which. Benoit's a little surprising, but I kind of no, feel I kind of <laughs> feel like uh the writing on the wall was there with Comtois, which is like unfortunate. Play higher. But you know, say what you will. It 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 sucks seeing homegrown talent leave, but you know, as you can tell, Lou is very excited about no more Simone Benoit. But Good luck you in your his- future endeavors. Did you see? Did you see Lou's tweets after the news? Lou was very excited. He was very happy. That's good. We we like when Lou's happy, even if it's kind of evil. We do we do like it. <laughs> I think I think we've seen uh, Comtois um, display some talent, and it would have been nice to see him under Cronin uh, mm-hmm. and out of Eakins' doghouse. But yeah. I mean. I mean, when, when sometimes when the well is sour, like it just, there's no recovery, I guess, Mm -hmm. but it would have been nice because there, I think there is a place for him or there could have been. So that kind of sucks. And then Benoit, um, Benoit is, is for a defensive defenseman, I've never seen someone so poor in D zone coverage, just like losing checks left and right. Like it's, he's just so terrible low in his own zone. So (laughs) that's not one I'm going to really miss. Bad when his most notable highlights getting just butt ended in the face by Tim Stutzel. <laughs> Axel Anderson, he's another one. He was what? He was part of the. He was part of the the Backus trade. Deal. Yeah, as yeah. I said, yeah. the deal that brought Backus here. I like this. He was name. injured a lot in San Diego, I think. Um. I don't think there was just never a role for him really um, as an NHLer. So it sucks, but you know, we already knew that was going to happen because I think he's already in Sweden or signed for a Swedish team. Mm. I mean, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Erickson X on his way to Sweden. Um, do you, you remember know, who he signed with? I nope. do not know. No. Okay. No biggie. Uh, no, Bryce Kindop was part of that group. Kind of was a project that never really 
got anywhere other than the goals. Didn't he would, play a few games with the Ducks, though? He was on the roster for a few games, but oh. he was just kind of there. Yeah, he had a yeah. little fun. He saw yeah, the they, locker room. They got him NHL games. He played more NHL games than any of us, so. Yeah, he, he got a nice little tour of the facility. But the oh, uh, the big news, no more Kevin Shattenkirk. He gone. Yeah, that's surprising. Kevin is gone. That's if one I wouldn't have minded if he came back, but yes, yeah, at the same time, it just means more opportunities for some of the kids, or if they bring in a better UFA, or just yeah, we, even yeah. another body that's there. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we'll talk about UFA stuff later, but. I know I was I know shocked. Like, sorry. I was shocked. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, I know they like Shattenkirk in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think and he's good for young players in that sense, but at the same time, on the ice, I think you build out a lot of bad habits, in my opinion. Just like uh not going all out for loose pucks and bailing on plays and stuff like that. I just I, I good riddance in my opinion for that. And then I think we can get a quality pl- uh, player on uh, the UFA wire. So yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that later though. Mm-hmm. I was, I was completely shocked though with Shattenkirk. I was 100% sure he was coming back. <laughs> like all the signs were pointing because everyone's told us that he would. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody like, and don't they have, weren't the ducks, aren't they doing something with Shattenkirk? Like you can win something with him. Yeah. I think they were, <laughs> I guess they're not, <laughs> not anymore. Now. That's awkward. Hey, maybe oh, well. maybe they send you on a trip with with his new team. Maybe. Where do you think Shattenkirk's going? If you had to guess, probably Boston. a contender. Boston. Maybe New York or Boston. Which New, New York? York? Back to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Say so back to being a Ranger <laughs> or going to the Islanders. Oh, Jack said the giveaway didn't include Putum. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, you did a video call. Well, all right. Well, that's still doable, I guess. I guess you're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> do it live from the locker room with Lou while he's packing his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not beat around the bush. The Ducks were in the headlines because of who we selected at the draft. Because we're, really, we're really good. Yeah, we we had to we had to take all of the attention off of Connor Bedard being drafted by being told that a New Jersey was coming out the he same already, day the draft. Connor Bedard immediately got ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, which which he should. Yeah, McDavid got ninety seven right away, right? On the draft board. Yeah. Wow. Did he? I think. Oh. We'll have to go back and look at old pictures to see if uh, that was the case. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, are we going to talk about the jersey first or or the pick? I mean, um, we can go. We can go in order of events. Just, <laughs> okay. just, just for the sake of yeah. the timeline. All right. He, because he didn't get ninety seven. By the way, he did off okay. the bat. Say so because the the order of events definitely. Definitely was uh, quite the doozy on Twitter. Yeah, I, I like how everyone um, thought that they were going to bring out the jersey with, the, with our draft pick, and 
It'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be kind of weird? Like to yeah. give an anniversary jersey to like that doesn't like a one-off jersey to yeah. to your your you know next top prospect. It was it was kind of weird. So figured they wouldn't do that, but once the draft pick happened, everyone's like, "Where's the jersey?" <laughs> like, relax, everybody. Sweater. It's okay. Sweater. The sweater is coming. So. Well, first overall, everyone was kind of mad because the Hawks took some time off the clock and it was just kind of like, just go up there and make the pick. Everyone knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, You know what? This, this is my rule. If you're the first <laughs> overall pick in a draft and you don't pick within a minute, you should be fined $100,000. <laughs> oh, you should have that pick ready instantly. <laughs> Especially if it's a player like Connor Bedard. Like exactly. Let's not waste unless, everybody's time. Unless they're told you have to like wait a few minutes. But Probably. if you're not, yeah. Ah, man, Batman better look in the rearview mirror. He's got Lou coming. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Lou coming in quick. Mm-hmm. We need Lou's NHL. <laughs> like half the players would be gone. True. Anybody There'd that be, Lou, like no Lou doesn't. Food and- yeah, like the arenas would be barren of food and any player Lou doesn't like wouldn't be allowed to play and there'd be like 10 players playing in the league. And, and here's another thing I'm going to complain about real quick. Can every general manager please stop thanking the host city and congratulating the Stanley Cup winner? Please, it wastes too much time. And why are you thinking, congratulating the, the, the Stanley Cup winner? <laughs> weird lose lose got some go you know, yeah back-to-back hockey takes here for puck empire to snatch up and losing me on the front page of my instagram <laughs> yeah so stop thinking and stop thinking everybody please thank you no more manners blue league yeah but, yeah at least pat for didn't do that yeah yeah pat pat got straight he to just, the point he just got straight to it I said, screw the that. Knights. Screw you guys. Screw Nashville. Screw the Knights. <laughs> I'm yeah, focused on disappointing. <laughs> I'm focused on disappointing our fans right now. I got to get this out. <laughs> so Pat took the podium and wasted no time and crushed everybody's <laughs> dreams around the world by taking Leo Carlson at number two, which we had talked so many episodes about there is no wrong decision mm-hmm. you can have a preference you can like a player more than the other there's no bad decision and my god twitter was twitter was on fire uh in both regards both ducks twitter and hockey twitter because it's news to every other fan that's been expecting fantilly to be a duck yeah especially since the lottery not, happened yeah and you know especially all the fans out there who who aren't big readers, you know, the ones who can't read, they were shocked too. It was, it was pretty crazy. A lot of people can't read out there. It's kind of sad. Shout out but, to you though. You found this episode. Okay, continue. <laughs> so not only did it come as a shock to to many fans that aren't tapped into Ducks Twitter, but Ducks Twitter was just, it was chaos. Um, between <laughs> people being upset about it and being normal human beings and just kind of venting and letting it all out um, to people that were trying to tag Leo Carlson on Twitter and say he was 
not welcome as an Anaheim you. Duck. Um, I'm glad I didn't see any of that. I didn't see. Any I of saw. It. I saw one of one of that. One of that. One. <laughs> yeah, I saw one of that, and he didn't even tag the right Leo Carlson. It was a different Leo Carlson. So I feel uh, bad for that guy. <laughs> or the other Leo Carlson getting yelled at. I took a Twitter break because it just was very annoying. I was going to ask how long you 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 were off for. I was scrolling still, but I, mm-hmm. I wasn't interacting because obviously I wanted to see the rest of the picks, kind of how things panned out. Yeah. I waited till I got home to kind of like wind down and relax because watching, you know, keeping up with it at work while you're trying to do, well, like we're closing for the night, you know, kind of back and forth and, you know, it's flustering to walk around and have to sift through a bunch of bullshit of people like, oh, like, why didn't they do this? I wanted this. I wanted that. And yeah, again, we're not trying to to say you can't be upset because at the end of the day, it's not going to change people's opinions. Like, no, nope. you can accept it or you're not. That's just the reality of it. I yeah, for one was up. Uh, I wouldn't say upset, but it was kind of a it was kind of a bummer. Not that it means that I'm not hyped for Carlson going forward, because you know the more we find out about him, and the more you kind of look at the draft through the perspective of you know Pat Verbeek and Martin Madden respectively, um, you know their their minds were set. They knew what they were doing going into the draft. And they stuck by their guns, which Pat has done a lot in his short tenure so far. And I've always commended as, you know, a pretty respectable thing because he easily could say, oh, I'm going to do this and do something completely different. We see that with GMs all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they took their best available player. They thought Leo was the best player available and they took him. And it's, yeah, and they... Would Verbeek say that he pretty much had this pick already? Like he made his uh, decision like a few weeks ago. Yeah, at least like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Which when is normal. when Greg when Greg Cronin was hired, I think he was on Verbeek was on Duckstream, and they asked him like any hints on who you're going to take number two, or do you know who it's going to be? And he said, Yeah, we we know we know mm. who it's going to be. And that was I don't know when that was, but oh, okay. um, he knew back then. It seems like so. Um, what were your thoughts, guys? Um, like, were you guys pretty bummed but got over it quickly? Yeah, it was kind of like the draft lottery for me. I was I was bummed, okay. but then I immediately got over it. Well, when you like actually take the time to to process it and not just freak out about it, you know, it's it's pretty easy to to be a normal human being and and just accept it. You know, we're not being paid to make these decisions. If they're they're not pulling pulling off off the couch like uh, pulling us off the couch to to make draft selections like you clearly have to to be at a certain level and uh, you know of respect by your peers and you know a pretty damn good hockey player to to be making these decisions you know I I think if we trusted the world and Twitter to to draft an NHL team uh you know things wouldn't be so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, yeah. that's just how the internet works. Um, I'm stoked. 
I mean, I'm already trying to find ways to be one of those guys that has the international jersey of the player. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like Lou said in our group chat, I don't know if we can uh, get the jerseys from Ouroboros website because uh, the shipping seems like it takes months. And I don't no, know if they I want to wait they for don't, They don't even ship to North America. So I may have so to. Listen Europe. So listen up. We need a middleman. Exactly. I was going to say, I got to find somebody that can let's buy find the jersey out. and then ship. Let's it. find out if they, can you, can you find out if they ship to Latvia? We have our guy in Latvia. <laughs> have it we? sent to him. Oh yeah. Latvia loves Lat. Forgot about that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, just to go back. I think like Jake was saying, I think it's okay to be disappointed and upset initially but I think it's not okay to take it out on the kid, mm-hmm. uh, Carlson. He, from what we've seen, he seems like a, like an awesome kid. He seems kind and caring and, you know, warm and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's not okay to not give him a chance either. And because um, I think if people do give him a chance, he's going he's gonna to impress and he's going to be... He's going to be here for a long time. He's going to be a huge part of our team, the Ducks, going forward. And the thing that brought me, because I, I, I said last week when I was on that I was going to be disappointed if it was Leo mm-hmm. uh, when Verbi got on, on stage and announced the pick. And I was. But, and then I also said it's not going to be hard to, to talk myself into him, but also the thing that brought me back the most off the ledge was that um, this pick was so against consensus and it's, it's a rare occasion when taking the safer player is the risky pick. And um, the fact that they knew it was against consensus and it was going to piss people off and (laughs) it, they're, they're going to be judged for it for 15 years and they did it anyway because they believe in the kids so much and they believe in themselves as scouts and, and, and GMs so much that they did it anyway is uh, it gave me confidence personally that they know what they're doing and they're willing to take the risk because it would have been easy, obviously, to take Tantilly. And mm-hmm. if, if Carlson ended up being better than Tantilly and Pat had taken Tantilly, then no one would say anything because consensus said he was supposed to, but because yeah. he did the risky thing and took Carlson means that he's going to be judged for this for a very, very long time. And the fact that he's willing to stick his neck out means, you know, again, that he's so confident in, in the pick. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is that Pat Verbeek has like humongous balls, like just in big sports, old, yeah. big old knockers, just, Big old genitals just hanging, just needed to get carried up there with them. Um, my my initial reaction, I was a bit bummed at first when I heard it, but for some reason, like like not for some reason. I mean, we, we all I just had a feeling that it was gonna be Carlson. Like I woke up that day and I'm like, this is it. We're we're taking Carlson. I just know it. So at first, I was a little bummed when it like became reality, but only took a few minutes and I'm like, all right, let's go. Like Carlson is hopefully he's like a Swedish Getzloff type 
type guy. And, you know, I don't want to put too much on him, you know, because I, I already know that his rookie season is going to be miserable because people are going to be expecting him to to outperform Fantilli. They're going to, you know, he's going to have to be like a point per game player. Like I can just already see it. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be hard to like enjoy his <laughs> his uh, rookie season and also have an online presence. But um, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Um, I mean, you you guys probably saw the rap video, right? His, his his little his rapping there with his gold medal. He licked the gold medal. I mean, look at him go. You know, he's he's living. He's rapping into his shoe. Um, yeah, it's a nice shoe. You know. Um, can I tell excited. you the song he was rapping? <laughs> can I tell you? Couldn't tell you. Um, I will say that I'm kind of tired of hearing about Fantilli. Like it's good the Ducks didn't select Fantilli. Uh, Fantilli because he wasn't going to sign with us anyway. Like why? Nobody knows that. Like don't act like you know this kid. You've had talks with this kid. Yes, I know. Back in May, there was that NHL video that he did say that you know, if there, if he did have a choice, he wouldn't hate going to Columbus. He would, he would enjoy col- playing in Columbus because of all the university of Michigan players that are already there. But I mean, that's anybody you're going to tell me that everyone that's been drafted by the ducks had the ducks in the back of their head, like that they wanted to go to Anaheim. Like, you know, when you're one of the top three picks, you know, the teams around there while the season's going, you kind of get an idea of the cities that you're going to be in. They kind of have a, you know, I mean, they all have choices that they want to go to, but don't act like, you know, Fantilli, if he was drafted by the Ducks, he wouldn't be excited. And down the line, he's going to be like, I'm going to leave. I want to sign in Columbus. Like, don't act like, you know, him. it's stupid. He could, he could, I mean, he was drafted in the NHL. His dream came true. He was happy. If he was drafted by the Ducks, he probably would have said the same thing. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like it. You know, he, he could have been like, oh yeah, Columbus would have been great, but Anaheim's, Anaheim's going to be the best, you know, he. Just stop. Yeah, there's no way he would have foregone three, four years of NHL hockey to just yeah. not play for the Ducks. He, yeah. he would have signed for the Ducks. There's no way he wouldn't have. That's just, silly. Yeah. By the way, relaxed. by the way, Shohei just hit a 493 foot home run. Jesus Christ! Oh my God, that's pretty hot. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Just real quick, so people know what they're getting in Leo Carlson as he is going to be a duck either probably this year or next. Um, And we'll get into that later, too. But um, while the things he brings to the ice aren't quite as flashy and noticeable as Fantilli, and I know we've been through this, but um, he, he has the advantage between the ears. I think just the way he processes and computes um, and reacts to the game is second to none in this draft. And, uh, you know, in the defensive zone, he does all the little things right, like supporting the puck and battling and extending plays. And uh, defensively, he is in lanes and takes away uh, passing opportunities, um, time and space. And he's so good in transition as well, like filling in those loose gaps in the in the rush. like. These are little things, but they're things that matter to the uh, scope of the game and the outcome. And then offensively, he's just so smart as well. Um, he uh, He's so good down low, obviously. Um, he's He likes to draw defenders toward him to open up space behind that defender. So 
uh, his teammates can maneuver as well. And he's so good in puck protection and every play he makes is the right play. Um, I think he, uh, he, what Martin Madden has said in an interview after the draft is that he makes his teammates better. That's something that I'm not so sure the other guy we could have taken brings to the table um, quite as well. Actually, I'm not saying that Fantilli's selfish, but I think Leo Carlson has that just innate ability to like pick up the slack and to make his teammates better. Um, mm -hmm. He's a dynamite passer. His vision is out of control. Um, he'll just, he, see thing, he sees things five or six steps ahead of anyone else. Um, and I know his skating isn't quite where um, Fantilli's is and his shot isn't. The skating will come in time because he's still growing into his man body. And he's not quite used to it, it seems like, but he'll get better on his edges. He's already so hard to knock off the puck. Um, he uh, he is all, uh, so good in small area games. Um, like there's shifts where he the puck's just on his stick for 30 seconds in a row. And then he just fires a pass back door under sticks, through legs, to a teammate yeah. on the back door. Like he does stuff like that. Like that's the flashiest thing he'll do. But the, like he does just little things uh, constantly that... Um, add up um and real quick there uh the biggest difference in the two of their games Fantilli's and Carlson's that I can kind of demonstrate for a second is there was a play in the um the Frozen Four Michigan game against Quinnipiac where Adam Fantilli scored a highlight real goal like a one-timer sick goal that mm -hmm. like the things we love about Fantilli he was circling the zone he was scanning along the blue, goes back down the boards, peels back, finds Luke Hughes at the point. They rotate up top, and then Luke Hughes finds him for a uh, one-timer. But um, there was a second uh, um, after he makes the pass where he has to scan the ice and recognize a soft spot in the zone, to uh, like the spot to get to on the ice to attack and mm -hmm. to open up for a one-timer. Um, and to his credit, he got there and, and made the play, but the difference would be if Carlson was in that situation, he doesn't need that split second after making the pass to Luke Hughes to scan the ice because he's always scanning the ice and he always knows where he's going to go with the puck before he has it and where he's going to go after he dishes it. So he doesn't, he doesn't need that split second to, to like reprocess, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. hope that makes sense, but no, that's, that's yeah, it the does. biggest way I can demonstrate the differences in their game. Okay. When you watch a lot of highlights of Carlson's too, and I mean, there is a lot, there's not a lot of scoring, you know, where it's, you know, a complete snipe every time he does like to get in front of the net a lot. And I mean, he's 18 and he's six, two. That's crazy. He's, he's a big boy. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I talked, I put a tweet out, uh, after, like towards the end of night one and you know, a lot of, a lot that's lost in it, I think was making me most frustrated is the fact that, you know, Ryan gets off his back with the organization in a developmental role. Does mm -hmm. it mean he's going to be on the ice at practices? No, like they're going to leave that up to the coaching staff. You know, if he's on, if Carlson makes the roster, you know, that's up to Cronin and his staff. Yeah, but you're still gonna have someone with the career and the experience that Ryan Getzloff had. That's kind of in a role to be able to watch film 
be able to come back to him and say, Hey, you know, I was watching this while you're on the ice and you could have done this better. You could have done, could have done that better. You had a guy back door, but you chose to shoot instead. You know, I, I think in a way that's the perfect person to have in that kind of position because they they're very similar and you know a lot of that has been thrown out already of oh he's the Swedish Getzloff and I mean you have players that he compares himself to like Anze Kopitar or Miko Rantanen that are big guys like that that'll punish you with great passing but still can you know muck Mm -hmm. it up in front score down low and can also just you know blast one past you and it's like, again, you know, we, we were talking about how much of a disservice it is to just write the kid off before he's even stepped on the ice. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a transition period because he's going to go to playing the smaller ice, being in North America. But, you know, what better person to have as a mentor for a, a big kid that's still growing into his body? You know, we talk so much about how it, it seems like he was he was the wrong pick because we're looking to fill a timeline faster of a guy that can jump in the lineup and play right away you know who's who's to say he's not going to do that mm-hmm. you know we we could completely we could be talking about this in october like holy shit this was this was a home run pick we struck gold right away or we could be at the end of the season say you know what he got his 10 games or he didn't get his games at all but he's playing he's developing he's at least here and he's learning Mm -hmm. there's a lot of difference apparently he's confirmed that he is going back to sweden do you remember where you saw it huh do you remember where you saw it uh connor just said it oh connor is the source (laughs) So, you know, he's going back and at least he's going to be playing another season against grown men. Yeah, it's not on North American ice for this year, but hey, it's another year of development and they'll at least have people checking in on him, which, I mean, we can get into the the other picks now, um, you know, because I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot about Leo Carlson over the, yeah. I mean, the coming just... coming weeks. I, I just love how Getzloff looked at him when he when Carlson came into the thing and like met his family and like Getzloff was there. Getzloff was so happy to like see him and meet him. It was great. It was it was adorable. But where I was getting with that is, you know, there there's clearly this is another year where we see kind of the dynamic that Martin Madden and Pat Verbeek have together. And they're proving again that everything they did this year wasn't just throwing darts at the wall. It was very calculated. I mean, you have the Cedar Rob pick where he said, they talked to me last year. They wanted to draft me last year. It didn't work out that way, but they came back for me this year. And, you know, we'll we'll get into him in, in a sec. But the fact that they've been doing due diligence on these guys, I mean, they have to. That's their job, you know, every year. It's, it's just kind of formality of drafting, but the fact that a lot of this, you know, it's not just, Oh, Hey, we had our eye on this guy and we took him cause he was there. It's a lot of, Oh, we watched this guy a lot this season, made sure that he was still our guy made the pick on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some curveballs in there. Uh, some project guys we drafted, but the fact that a lot of this was 
okay, we like what we saw a couple months ago. We still like what we see now. We're committing to it. And I know you had said on night one, Patrick, that you, you admired um, the fact that they're willing to stick their neck out with these picks. You know, they're, they're willing to take the brunt of the criticism of, yeah, we did this. You know, we joked about it earlier. They're taking the stone cold approach to things. It's, it's <laughs> the bottom line. And Pat Verbeek said so. Yeah. And, and they, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and you know, it's, it's still very refreshing. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm souring to Pat Verbeek because he didn't take the player I wanted. And again, hey, you do you. If you're going to be upset about it all summer, just don't take it out on the kid. But the fact yeah, he that is. he's willing to do this and not just, I made this pick, you, know, you just accept it. He's at least, they're, well, the two of them are both at least going out and saying, no, this is why we made this pick. It's not just us blindly going, ah, shit, this guy, this guy is the next best option. I, I guess, I guess we got to go with him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, no, we, we stand by this. It's, it's nice. I, I've, I feel like every episode I say something like this, maybe it's just because the actual team has not given us much to talk about. Yeah. But, you know, it, it has to be said just because they prove time and time and again that this is going to be the focus. We're, we're going to always operate in this capacity. And it's I, – I don't know how you couldn't be confident in the two of them. But, again, hey, you know, we're, we're all different at the end of the day and we're all going to process this a different way. Mm-hmm. By the way, I misread it. He if if he goes back to Sweden, he'll play center. Oh, okay. he's, he's not. He's. I don't think we know yet. Okay, reading is hard. It's okay, Lou. Yep. Um, like like Jake was saying, um, and like we said earlier, for Beacon Madden are not um shy about sticking their necks out and and you know facing the stockade if, if they fail. So they're willing to, to take these risks and they took a risk on night one and they continued that going into day two, if you'll allow me to get into the picks, unless you have anything else to say. No, I mean, no. like I said, I, I feel like we are, uh, we're going to talk a very lot about Leo Carlson going forward. So we can definitely kind of cap it at that, you know, give, yeah. give the kid a chance. He's 18. He's, he's realizing a dream. Yeah. You know, all these kids are, um, you know, I guess we'll address the hab stuff just to get it out of the way. Since we're, we're talking about people being just assholes online. Is Felix in here. <laughs> Felix, get your people. But, you know, like taking away what should be, a great day for these kids just is just fucking low life behavior. You know, if you haven't seen, you know, especially from the viral video of the one dude absolutely losing his fucking mind in the Twitter space. Um, between that and Carrie Price forgetting his name, uh, you know, the Habs drafted uh, Reinbacher instead of Mitchkov, like everybody was expecting. And, you know, people have resorted to 
just ruining this kid's dream yeah. like telling him that he's worthless you know comparing him to you know arguably one of the worst human beings to ever exist just because he's austrian like it's just i don't know like i if anything i feel like that pisses me off more just because it's like this is an 18 year old kid yeah like oh it's just touch grass please it's crazy that we're living in 2023 in an age where you have you know the, the biggest digital footprint ever more than ever because at any moment you know people can know anything about you the internet's mm -hmm. you know a great place you know i don't think we'd be doing this without the internet yeah. because we all met online mm -hmm. but at the same time it's such a terrible tool in the hands of the wrong people and don't get me wrong we've all done done dumb shit you know i mm -hmm. had my edgelord days on twitter and <laughs> Some of it was funny and some of it wasn't, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, but it's we like, all, we all can stand here and say though, that we've never attacked an NHL prospect or someone who was drafted and just, just went online and tried to ruin their moment, ruin their day, ruin their life. Just because you don't agree with it. Like it's, yeah. it's fucking embarrassing that like, it even has to be said because it's just like be a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we we've had our stuff with other fan bases for sure, um, but nothing like that. Like it's just like banter back and forth. You know, it's not like like this is just too much. Like people are way too comfortable with saying whatever the hell they want to people, and there being no repercussion and... for it. Like that's the biggest part is not having repercussions of what you're saying, just because you can just go and say shit like that and just yeah you know have the have the ability to just do it and people not know who you are you know there's reasons why people keep their accounts anonymous and stuff yeah. it's just <laughs> it happens every year not to this degree but yeah there, there's got to uh, be you know, there's got to be a wake-up a wake-up call of just accept the fact that you're not in the position to make these decisions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just live with it. Yeah. I mean, Max Comtois got a similar, got the similar treatment there uh, when he was playing uh, the world juniors, he was captain of Canada that year and they like ripped him apart because they didn't, they didn't win gold or I forgot where they finished that year, but. Well, they blew out one of the teams. They played like 14, nothing in the preliminaries and then they yeah. wound up losing and not, I don't, I think they meddled like bronze or something if they did. Okay. But yeah. And then Comtois just had a like horrible time. Uh, just everyone attacking him online and it's just too much and nothing's really changing. Whew, I had to take a drink of water. I was, I was getting <laughs> flustered there. Yeah. Ooh. Also, Whoa. sorry. You know, also, <laughs> I feel bad for Carey Price because he could not say the kid's name. Um, it was a little bit awkward and it sucks. And I know people were getting on Carey Price as well, but it's like it's not, it's not like he went up there and did it on purpose. You know, like he truly had no clue where to go with it after he said his first name. Like he had, and he needed help, and it's not like he butchered it on purpose. But I kind of feel bad for Carey Price. 
uh, after that incident. But Friedman did allude to the fact that when they came off stage, he he did apologize and tell yeah. him that he didn't mean it, and you know he he genuinely forgot. Just kind of had a you know moment <laughs> where he just spaced out the goalie brain. <laughs> well, we'll quickly go through uh, our selections after Leo Carlson, and uh, we'll have uh, Patrick kind of give us his rankings that he uh, he creatively put on uh, Twitter. We love the uh, the Cold Stone references in terms of whether you like the pick or not. But uh, <laughs> starting with pick um, 33, we had Nico Myotovic from uh, Seattle. And I, I know this was kind of like the head scratcher. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was funny. The I think the night before day two, Connor tweeted out a list of like six to eight names that he was excited that the Ducks have an opportunity to select. I tweeted out a, a list of like 25 names that I was like, man, the Ducks have an opportunity to get two or three of these guys. It's going to be sick. And they, su- they surprised us all again and go way off the board. At least, <laughs> at least we thought it was way off the board um, with Myotovic um, because a lot of, a lot of outlets had him ranked in like the hundreds, the eighties, like he was all over the place, but reports have since come out that say teams were willing to take him in the 30s and 40s so it's not as big of a reach I guess as we thought but at the time uh yeah again I was disappointed in the pick because it it seemed like they left a lot of talent on the board because you know we we love the guys like Brinley and Crystal and Riley Height and guys like that but uh what I will say about Madden and Verbeek is that they Again, stick to their guns. They came in with an agenda of the kind of player that they wanted to get in these, um, in this like uh, second round and early in the third round. Because you'll hear a lot of the, you hear about, um, a lot of the same characteristics in these guys. Um, uh, starting with Myotovic, he uh, he was on Seattle at the WHL. He was on Grayson Sochin's line. Um, and what he, what Myotovic does the best, in my opinion, is um, supports the puck dominant player on his line, meaning he creates space by forechecking super hard and getting to the net and drawing attention away so the creative player can utilize that open ice and do what they do best and, um, you know, make a play. And on the other end of that play to finish it is a guy like Myotovic, who is um a good skater for his size he's a big kid i believe um he's really good around the net um and he finishes a lot of of plays like that so that's the kind of player that clearly madden and Verbeek were targeting with these picks um we see the nhl evolving kind of away from um like um precise passes and breakouts and entering the zone. And a lot of teams are favoring more of a forecheck like Carolina and Florida. Um, They like to just get on and uh, cause chaos and then kind of capitalize on that chaos. So I think that's the kind of player that was like heavy forechecking players. They Madden and Verbeek are seeing 
the trends and seeing where the NHL is headed. And I think they're kind of getting out ahead of it because Harry Terrence was the uh, 59th pick. Um, and same thing. He's just a burner who gets in and causes chaos on the forecheck, wins battles, and then gets to the front of the net and bangs home rebounds and gets tips and screens and um, is very, like, his, has good hands and tight. Like, that kind of player. And the same, again, the same thing with uh, pick 65, uh, Colson Petre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's how you say it. I just, I've been saying Petre in my head. Um, but with those three picks, especially, those are all very similar kind of players. They're very high motor, um, relentless, tenacious, like pain in the ass players to play against. Meaning like if they're going to battle you and battle you hard, and if they lose the battle, they're going to re-engage and they're going to make your life miserable and they're going to muck it up. And But they also have skill. It's not like they're just being goons. They got yeah. a ton of skill, and especially around the net and in corners, and Majorovic was good defensively, but they they bring more to the table, but they're all very similar as far as um, their strengths. So I, those picks are um, a clear trend that uh, I saw from uh, from Verbeek and Madden. So we can't uh, we can't overlook. We did make a goalie selection in the uh, the second round as well. This is my guy. This is my guy, Damian Clara. Uh, Italian goaltender, six Italy. five. Italy, we better get Italy, man. We better get some downloads. Let me tell you, Italy. We got our goalie. This is gonna be sick, over dude. Here. I don't, I don't know a ton about Clara, just because film on him is hard to find. But from what I can see, he like he's big, obviously, but he uses it so well, and and he like he's so good at uh, on his angles that he makes himself feel and look even bigger t- to the shooter. So, and then he's athletic to boot. So um, what I'll say on this pick is that uh, he, there was a run on goalies right before he was taken, I believe, like a lot of goalies were taken in the second and Madden loves to uh, leave a draft with a goalie, at least one. And uh, this is a guy that they obviously targeted and they didn't think he was going to come back to them later on in the draft. So they went out and grabbed him. And I love that, like, you know, go get him attitude um, and just add him to the goalie pipeline. Um, so yeah, I can, I can back this pick for sure. And uh, yeah, he's, he's six, six, right? Madden says six, five in his quote, but the graphics is six, six. So big, they're big boy. We'll, we'll ballpark. It's six, six. Um, yeah, initially, uh, initially I didn't love, taking goalies so high just because again we have so many in the in the pipeline yeah but with that run on goalies and i don't know what the goalie situation looks like later in the draft so they got their guy and i'm you know the more i see the more i like and that's the that's the way it is with all these guys that that, uh, the ducks selected i mean uh sudzy had some say in this too you know, they, they clearly went to him for some guidance on this. And they said he was very passionate about this pick really believes in, in working with them. You know, he, he's going to be playing overseas probably for a while. Um, but again, you know, they, they've been keeping tabs on some certain players and, you know, with the uncertainty of what's going on with Gibson, you know, not knowing what the big clubs tandem looks like just yet you know, there's a chance that, well, and having guys like Erickson Eck leaving, 
you know, there, there are some spots to, to fill in the lower rungs of the, the pipeline for sure. Um, but that uncertainty there definitely means that there could be some movement of guys getting shots. You know, we, we've been on the train of Dostal playing, being, you know, either a 1A, 1B kind of goalie. Um, yeah. And, you know, it could get crazier from here. So having guys like that in the system developing definitely are a need. Um, yeah, again, the NHL is trending a certain way. They're trending toward more tandem 60-40, 50-50 splits with their goalies. And then even they're ca- accounting for injuries. We saw Vegas and Florida like use so many goalies throughout even the playoffs. Yeah. So the fact that you like the the plan is to grab a goalie at draft is very smart because you don't know who's going to pan out. And then by the time, if and when they do, then you just have a lot of options. And that's never, obviously never a bad thing. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, later in the third round, the Ducks selected Igor's, I say Siderov. I don't see Siderov. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. this pick was the, like high upside skill pick that uh, a lot of us like draft nerds, me and Connor especially, were hoping that the Ducks would make picks like this. Just the guy who's um, just dripping with talent, like the puck is on his string when it's uh, on his stick and he can just get his shot off at any angle on either leg and he just loves to score goals. I know you guys probably loved his... uh, like post draft interview, mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, but like this is the kind of kid that so it's like a, he's got a raw talent because he just needs to work on his eye sense and IQ. But like the puck skills are are elite, I think, and then his shot is elite as well. So he's just a pure goal scorer and he loves to have fun. And then he and then he wanted to be here. Like that's right. He said he's yeah. from Minchikov and yeah. he's he was super excited to be drafted by the Ducks. Kiss the jersey and everything. Yeah, that's always it's always cool to see stuff like that. Yeah. He uh then, he uh, sets up in the office on the power play. He sits in the OV circle on the opposite <laughs> side. Like if you watch any of his highlights online, there's like a like two three minute highlight package on uh the western hockey league's youtube page and most of his goals are either slap shots or i mean there was one where he scored a wraparound with one arm that, that was oh, pretty right. sick you know okay. he, he definitely kind of feels like the wild card but i mean hey if you hit on that pick and he becomes something out of it like sign me the fuck up like <laughs> You want to draft guys that want to be here, and clearly he is very pumped to be a duck, which helps having other, you know, another Russian in the system to kind of tell him what the culture's like around the team. And uh, before we get into the next pick, yeah, I I did want to touch on kind of something you said when we were getting into things, Patrick. But there was a clear emphasis on maturity that they looked for. You know, there were a lot of picks. You know, reading a lot of the quotes as we're going down the list here. You know, Verbeek, well, Madden's talking a lot about um, drafting guys that have that skill, but are also in the right mindset at this young of an age and clearly show signs of being very mature for their age, which, again, hey, if that's what you're looking for to, to kind of establish your culture in this franchise and, you know, set this era of Ducks hockey apart from years past, you know, they're clearly doing a good job of 
of sticking to that and, and looking you know, not only for the best players to fit the mold they're looking for on the ice, but players that are also going to be good human beings too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back on uh, Claro really quick. He's the first ever Italian-born player to be drafted, which is really cool. Um, awesome for hockey in Italy. I know uh, Felix was going off about him being really Italian or not, or whatever the whole deal was, because like where he's from in Italy is so close to, I think, Austria, he said, right? Um, but he's the second ever Italian Um after Thomas Larkin, he was drafted in 2009, but he was born in London. So, yeah, first ever uh, Italian-born player on the Ducks. Very cool. And we do have a clarification about Cedarov. Um, I know I did say on Twitter, and I think we may have mentioned here, um, he is Belarusian, not Russian. And okay. then Jay Money also said Saskatoon beat Connor Bedard in the playoffs. Ergo, he is better than Bedard. So we also have <laughs> that going for us. It checks out. It checks out, honestly. All right, round four. Connor yeah. Smith. Big boy. Connor Smith. <laughs> that's his uh, his trademark asset is his size. Um, super raw uh, with the puck decision makings. You know, mobility is not great. But he's a project for sure. But Madden said that he bring something that not a lot of defensemen in this draft brought, which is just a, a snarl element, I guess. Um, just a mean son of a B to play against. Um, but he also has ability, like, especially defending the rush, I guess, uh, weirdly for a guy his size and, and mobility, but he's good at, like, forcing players to the board and sealing them off. So, I, you know, there's not a ton on him, but he's... Uh, his his asset is his size and you know there's there's spots for that kind of player in the nhl um but he probably maxes out as like a sixth defenseman and you know but that's okay those guys are have value around the league so yeah it's not a bad project and not a bad you know pick um at 97 so say round five this was another swing uh rodwin i think it's pronounced dionisio um, I mean, he was the one with the crazy projection chart of like just all the epitome of all gas, no breaks. Just they moved him to, to defense. Uh, then he got traded to Windsor this year and just suddenly was, you know, this phenom for them. I know a lot of things were saying he became like their power play quarterback. You know, yeah. Six two two oh seven is you know as it as a young kid you know starting his junior career. Honestly, I I agree with a lot of what people were saying of just make him a winger, <laughs> but this was another uh, one of those really kind of like out there picks that everyone's like, okay, if this works out, hell yeah. Yeah, I forgot to uh, talk about my Cold Stone ratings, but this this was my gotta have it. Uh, <laughs> like home run pick and this is exactly the kind of pick you need to be making late in the draft anyway you don't need to be searching for a surefire nhl or you need to be making big swings like this and that i love that uh, you need to either be doing that or getting value from guys that have like fallen in the draft so i love this pick so much because he fell through the draft last year i believe 
Um, like Jake said, he got traded to he got traded to Windsor, right? Um, yeah. And it really opened up his his uh, arsenal because he's such a again cerebral and talent like um, mature player. Uh, just the way he processes and sees the ice, and it's gonna it would be interesting to see him move to the wing because a lot of the the plays he makes are because he's able to scan the ice so well and to jump up in the rush from the back but and then the place he makes from the blue liner or and when he activates in the offensive zone are just it's so fluid and instinctual um it's hard to explain but it's that kind of that hockey sense that um kind of bleeds onto the page just the skating is really bad um he doesn't i don't think like he's a physical player he's a good defender but just the skating needs a huge makeover. And if I'm his advisor or if I'm the Ducks development staff, I'm saying only work on skating this summer <laughs> um, because the rest of his game is so mature and so creative and so um, dynamic. Uh, he's so he's weirdly shifty and uh, he can dangle like crazy for a guy so big. So he's just so much fun to watch. And I, I love this pick just because of the potential and the home run swing that the Ducks took. Like, that's exactly what a fifth round pick should be. And rounding out the draft, uh, we did not have a seventh. So our last pick came 161 of the sixth round. Um, Voltage Port, another kind of project pick, but from all of the, the highlights and stuff, he's a really, really speedy defenseman, has, you know, Really good hockey sense. Uh, a lot of his highlights were mostly passing, but you know, no, nothing wrong taking a swing on a speedy little guy. <laughs> oh, he's kind of, he's like six two, not so not so not so little. But this is another uh, uh, love it on the cold stone uh, size scale. Um, <laughs> he, uh, um, this is a value pick that I was talking about a second ago. Uh, Forever Mighty tweeted right before the draft, like, what are you looking for in uh, when, like, the later rounds, like, what kind of style player are you looking for? And I said, I want a goal scorer. I want uh, a small area guy. I want um, high-end skill. And we got those three guys, or we got those three for the most part uh, earlier in the draft. And then I also said that I wanted uh, a uh, breakout killing and rush killing right shot defenseman. And that's Port to a T. Like, that's what he brings to the table. Um, he He's so good. I, I mentioned how uh, important forechecking is in the NHL nowadays, and he's so good at activating on that winger um, when teams are trying to break out, and he just kills plays right there. Like, he kills breakouts single-handedly um, just by pinching. And then if they do break out of the zone, his gap is so perfect. Uh, he can drive you to the middle if... Uh, he has back-checking help. He can drive you to the boards if he doesn't and just seal off the wall. Um, and then he'll just pick up the puck and move it right up ice in transition, or he'll jump into the rush. Like, he – I don't know how much of a project he is. Like, it's such an NHL style of, of game that he plays. Um, he's going to be – he was on a really bad team, I believe. It was he on the Oil Kings, I think, in Edmonton. Um, I might have to double-check that, but – I know he was in a bad situation and that's probably going to be better next year. And his numbers are going to improve because of it, because there's a lot of offensive potential there. Like he hasn't, and he, again, he's a more, he's like a physical player. 
So this is the value pick. This is, uh, Connor mentioned last week, he was looking at like Boeke and uh, Molendike and those kind of like smooth uh, defenders. And this mm-hmm. is this is that player. So this is a this is a great value pick. He probably he would have been a third rounder for me, easy. So I love I love I love it. Uh, if I was going to Coldstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we won't go any further past that. I think because... you missed one, according to J Money. No, we talked about Terrence. Uh, did we? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> the Pretty cool late. thing, the cool thing about Terrence too, is that he is um. He's indigenous. He is from the. Oh man, I hope I pronounced this right. He is of the. Aguasani, Aguasani Mohawk Nation. Sweet. So that's really cool. Yeah. Always cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick, if you want. Um... He's another, like, he's a blazer. He's a very fast skater. It's kind of clunky, but he's very fast. And he gets in on the forecheck again. And he was on Oliver Moore's line uh, at the U18 World Juniors. And he really opened up a lot of space for Moore to be creative. Um, And then he's really good around the net. He scored the game's tying goal in the um, gold medal game that U.S. had against Sweden. Uh, So, like, just another physical relentless motor player that you know they were they were clearly targeting in in that draft so that's uh that's carrie terrence well uh before we we get into our uh, second half of the episode here i, I did want to mention something uh if you guys don't already follow, follow Derek Lee on Twitter what are you one what are you doing because uh, <laughs> you know he's a very great asset to to Ducks Twitter um you know he does a lot of stuff uh at the Sporting Tribune you know with our our, our buddies at Crash the Pond yeah um but a couple of minutes ago he had uh tweeted that uh Greg Cronin was on Duck Stream said that he flew back to Colorado the day after his press conference and he uh met with Troy Terry. They said he drove all the way back to Boston after that and met up with some, uh, several other ducks players. The list of players he met with include Cam Fowler, Max Jones, Brock McGinn, uh, Mason McTavish, Jamie Drysdale, Sam Carrick, Ryan Strom, Trevor Zegers, and Frank Petrano. That's cool. Yeah. Just road um, tripping. Then he also said that, you know, and again, to show that Pat clearly is trying to get this to be a cohesive operation, um, said that he's worked with Matt McElvain previously. They uh, spent three summers together coaching in uh, in Munich. And so oh, okay. they, his quote that Derek included said, it'll be good to see Matt again. Both coaching staffs are seeing the game through a similar lens, which okay. I mean, I kind of feel like that was implied just given what we, the information we were kind of given about both McElveen and Cronin, you know, separately. Yeah. Um, but again, another connection of people that Pat clearly believes in and just so happens that they have a relationship <clears throat> from, you know, a prior experience, which definitely, I, you know, will, will translate over. You know, I, I said, 
during uh you know after Cronin was announced as, as the new coach that you know there's probably going to be a dynamic of McIlvain kind of being being the good cop in San Diego with some of the younger kids and mm-hmm. they you know make it to the big club and get sent up you know Cronin will definitely be the bad cop uh <laughs> but hey you need that dynamic of someone that's gonna tell you as it is and someone that's gonna foster that relationship and help your growth yeah exactly Do you uh, kindly do our ad reads, Chris? Yes, sir. Do you have the um, the shift one? I do not. Um, You're not okay. We can maybe kind of space putting that in the notes. No, you're fine. All right. So if you'd like to continue, if you'd like to continue to support us here at LAP, our network inside the ring has an affiliate link for you to sign up for ESPN Plus. Visit insidethering.com slash ESPN and sign up today. Signing up with the link helps not only us, but also the network hosting us. Big, big plans uh, with this network inside the rink. Uh, they did a great job uh, covering the draft. And uh, they're going to have a busy day tomorrow with <laughs> with uh, free agency and all that stuff. So make sure you're following Inside the Rink on Twitter and Instagram and give them some love. They got a, they got a lot going on and it's, it's fun to be part of. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see where this, where this uh, network goes and how much it grows. It's, it's going to be awesome. So um, ESPN plus has been awesome to all of us. Um, They streamed all rounds of the draft this year. I was actually, I don't remember. Did they do that last year? Do you guys remember? Cause I, I, I don't, I swear no. I don't remember watching any more of the draft after round one. <laughs> um, but they had uh, you know, round one on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and then two through seven were all on ESPN Plus, which was really great. And this was uh the most watched NHL draft ever, apparently. So that's cool. Um plenty of stuff to still watch on ESPN Plus right now. There's a lot of baseball going on. A lot of different things. So yeah, go over to insidetherink.com slash ESPN. Sign up today. Helps everybody over at Inside the Rink, including us. If you need something to do, you're bored. It's hot, especially out here in Arizona. It's very warm. Not much to do. You just jump AC to AC. Luckily, our baseball stadium is, uh, you know, it has a roof. So that's always nice. But if you want to go to some baseball games, maybe. Uh, we've partnered with 714 Tickets to get you, our fans, friends, uh, deals on tickets for any event you plan on attending. Use code LAP at checkout for 10% off your order and 5%, to- 5% towards any future orders with 714 code LAP LAP. If there's any concerts going on, I'm not sure what's happening in Southern California in the coming days or weeks or months or whatever. But if there's something cool happening, go check it out. Maybe some local soccer stuff going on. You got the Angels, you got the Dodgers, you got the Padres. I wouldn't be advertising the Angels at the moment. No. <laughs> we're 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 no. officially in wheels off the wagon. Oh no. Territory. Right. So well. Maybe maybe not talking about the Angels. Although they're playing get the, back on aren't they playing the Padres next week? Ooh. They are. There you go. That'd be a good game to go to. I think they're in San Diego. There you go. Promo code LAP. Yeah. Save some money on your trip. Shout down out to 714. Like Jake Seven. just said. Yeah. Um. Go to Ducks Night at Angel Stadium. It's in September. Get your tickets now. Yeah. 
do that. I'm I'm hoping we we all can maybe be there. That'd be kind of cool. If not, it's not a big deal. But that's maybe something we could plan for. I'm on the fence on that. I don't know. Okay. Just yet. I'm gonna try fence... my best. Okay. Is the fence tall? Is it a really tall fence? <laughs> like if you fell, would you get hurt? Lewis. What? <laughs> is is the fence listening to you. Is you said you're on the fence. Is the fence tall? Is it a big um, fence? Like medium size. Medium. Like if you got a running start, could you just one arm it and just flip yourself right over pretty easily? No, you gotta climb a little bit. Ah. All right, that kind of yeah. sucks. All <laughs> right, well, we'll see where we're at when September comes around. About like seven feet. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like Jake said with uh, Shift, we do have a nice little partnership going on with Shift. We'll have more of an ad read hopefully next week. Um, great hockey sticks over there, though. Uh, we talked about it last week. If you missed it, uh, just go check out their website, Shift Hockey Sticks. Uh, they're on Instagram. Go follow them. Um, we have a promo code. We do lap 10 lap 10 is the promo code. Um, and you can use it on anything in their online store, I believe. Um, but yeah, they, they do a lot of good stuff over there. They're uh, trying to make hockey equipment, especially, you know, specifically sticks more affordable for people to, uh, to play some hockey. I think mm-hmm. there's sticks are starting at like 180 or something. Which um, isn't bad considering top of the line sticks nowadays are yeah. upwards of like three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, CCM and Warrior that I see at some of the stores here. I mean that they're pushing four hundred pretty easy. Um, but yeah, and you didn't even mention Bauer. That's like almost four hundred. Is it really? <laughs> the uh, the agents retail at like three fifty. It's oh, wow. it's nuts for yeah, sticks that break out- a lot. Yeah, go go check out Shift Hockey. Um, they got some nice uh, merch too. They got some really nice hoodies. I'm excited for once it gets colder and I can start wearing some more hoodies. They got some. They got some really nice gear. It's nice, nice and uh, clean, clean look. It's like just their stuff is like cream colored and black. That's it. Love it's just cream. cream and black. Like Lou said last week, and now he reiterates again. He he <laughs> Love loves cream. himself some cream. So Lou's a big cream guy. Join yep. Lou on the cream the cream train to Cream Town and get yourself some cream <laughs> gear over at Shift Hockey. Thank you for not <laughs> saying cream team. <laughs> Lap 10. Lap 10 is the code. Go give him some love. Oh, we we did have a big trade happen last week. Uh, if you are a Kings fan, you are very on the fence about this. Uh, if you are a Jets fan, you are very pleasantly surprised and probably very happy and thinking that you fleece the Kings. Uh, but Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, is officially a King uh, signed to an eight year extension. I think it was 8.5, right? I think, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of money for a lot of years. Um, I mean, Dubois a lot of no movement clause in it. Dubois is 25. So, I mean, he'll, Don't he'll be in that. his, his prime, coming out of this contract probably ready for one one more big swing afterwards um but when a pace I just don't know if that gets him out of the first round I mean it certainly makes your center depth better but hope it doesn't not our problem losing uh Velarde is I think the biggest part of the trade that was the biggest stinger for a lot of uh Kings fans uh, you know he had kind of his coming out party this year 
really was producing at what was expected of him. Uh, but Alex going along, too. Yeah, going along with him was Alex Iafalo and Rasmus. That guy Pari. always scored against the Ducks, so I'm not too heartbroken. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, he's a he's a Buffalo kid. I was hoping he'd go to the Sabers at some point. There's still time. He's young, but now he's stuck in Winnipeg, which is Chris go without an episode without saying Buffalo challenge. Hey, I didn't bring up Buffalo last week. <laughs> uh, but there also was a second round pick in, involved in there somewhere. I'm just kidding. Shout out Buffalo. <laughs> so to the naked eye, it looked very one sided. But you know, if you're the Kings, you get a a young center with a lot of control. If you're the yeah. Jets, uh, you got some good players that you can hold on to for a while. I know uh, they qualified Velarde. I, I think that was kind of a formality of him being traded. Um, good for the Jets. I mean, yeah, for a team that's very uncertain right now of what's going on with their future, you know, they bought out Blake Wheeler today. Um, yeah, man. I thought they were going to trade Hellebuck for sure at the draft, but... Crickets. I mean, alongside a lot of confusing and shocking buyouts, you know, Costin and well, Costin didn't get bought out. He got traded and it just isn't being qualified. Uh, Yamamoto mm-hmm. traded and bought out. Duchesne bought out. Um, Josh Bailey was a uh, Blackhawk for all of an hour. And <laughs> same with uh, Mackenzie uh, Blackwood. Yeah, he got traded to the Sharks, and they are not gonna sign him. So well, apparently they're gonna try to work it out, but I don't oh, they know. are. Yeah, okay. he's just not getting. That just came out like offer. forty minutes yeah. ago. That news that they're gonna try to sign him. Still. Interesting, so, interesting, yeah. interesting. But it's shaping up to be an interesting opening of free agency tomorrow because uh, there are a lot of names out there now. Um, I Did said we mention before... our favorite non-Ducks player getting traded to Colorado? Or was that last week? Ryan Johansson. Johansson. Oh, Johansson. Yeah. Well, clearly we all had repressed that. Um, so thanks. Did yeah. that you got, you got traded it happened in Colorado. Oh, it happened Tuesday. I remember a lot of stuff happened Tuesday. I was like, what's why? What's <laughs> happening today? Like everything was going on. But yeah, that's right. He did get traded on Tuesday. Whatever. <laughs> Barry, Barry Trotz has been very, very busy since becoming officially the general yeah. manager of the Nashville. Um, yeah, he's parting ways with Duchesne and Johansson, and he had a great draft, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely starting to make his mark and clear, clearing the deck for his future moves. So, you know, big moves from Barry. Big old Barry. There are there any free agents we think the Ducks should target and are going to be realistic targets? Because I know today especially was the day of, ooh, that guy would look good as a Duck. Right. Ooh, that guy would look good as a Duck. Just everybody. Um, I did bring up Ethan Bear, and a lot of people liked that idea. Got a lot um, of people in agreement in the replies. So that do was cool. a Do a John Klingberg with uh, Matt Duchene. Sign him for a year and... Them at the deadline. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't um, hate that. I think the Ducks need to address uh they have an opening 
on the right side, I think Lacombe could use a, a long-term or even short-term partner. Um, and I think Drysdale could use a partner on the left side. Um, and then I think they need some, add some forward depth uh, up front. Um, for the right side, um, I still like Matt Dumba, Connor Clifton, Scott Mayfield maybe. But yeah, I think Ethan Bear is a, a, a good um, option as well. Um, then on the left side, we mentioned in our group chat, Ryan Graves a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned Carson Susi. I like what he did in Seattle. Susi would be nice. Um, yeah. And then, um, I don't know, Nico Mikola maybe, but that's kind of a stretch. But I think on the left side, I think it's really important because we have the Ducks have so much um, young talent that's on the horizon, the not so distant horizon to get more of a stopgap kind of maybe one or two year contract versus a five year contract that a Ryan Graves might um, demand. So that might kind of be like, I just want to stay away from that long-term contract on the left side of the D of the D. Yeah. OEL. OEL for a year. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like more of a two way guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say if they could get him for like one or two years, Thomas Tatar. I think he Tatar would be, would be cool. Yeah, because Felix just sent out a tweet like, like two minutes ago with his fancy stats, and his, they're his, still pretty good. Fancy, yeah, the fancy stuff. Eddie from Forever Mighty has been on the Tatar to Anaheim train for a while. We got a shout out Eddie because I feel Eddie. like I feel like shout every year Eddie. when Tatar is a free agent, he yeah. tweets about it, and Steven always gives him shit. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, you know, because if we're out of the race, which we more than likely will next season, you know, you can sell at the deadline. Um, you know, Duchesne definitely, I feel, is a pipe dream a little bit. But, hey, if you can convince them in the same manner of just get us to the deadline and be serviceable and we will get you in a more favorable situation, great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling, though, know. a lot of teams are going to, see that and have better pitches than than oh hey come play for us for a little bit and get us draft picks or get us better players um (laughs) i have a feeling with nashville taking the brunt of his contract especially very heavy i want to say it's next season um a lot of teams are going to be chomping at the bit to sign matt duchene yeah yeah, I totally, I, I totally forgot Eric Johnson is also available, but he's a pretty he's pretty old. But I mean, he he would be that. I mean, he could do a one year pretty easily, I would think. Um, I feel like those guys would want to go to more contending teams. Win, but they yeah. So, I mean, I'd be I'd be interested in adding a lot of the guys that didn't get qualified. To be honest, I mean, uh, Daniel Sprong, maybe Morgan Geeky. Um, we mentioned Costin. He's like been a, a little pet favorite of mine for a while now um i, I still like i still believe in yesi puliyarvi for some reason just yeah because again i think he's a good four checker and can like open up open up a uh, space for a lot of the ducks um more skill guys so yeah. i want i'd like to i'd like to take a chance on a guy who didn't get qualified i think okay. puliyarvi would be a little bit of a gamble though because you'd have to wait 
uh, with him having double hip surgery. They said that yeah, he's out. He's like not going to be. He's not going to be ready for a while. So oh, I didn't can... know that. Then scratch that. <laughs> I mean, Ethan you... Bear too. Uh, just got sold, uh, shoulder surgery. He's going to be out. I think till December. So wow. I mean, if you can convince those guys to like, hey, we'll give you a little more term so you can come back healthy. Like I wouldn't hate that as long as it's the right amount. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was weird to hear, Oh yeah, they're not giving play RV and then also seeing, Oh, well, it's cause both his legs don't work at the moment. So. <laughs> uh, Makes <yeah>. sense. <laughs> Appa in the chat brought up Nylander. Uh, I've been wanting Nylander on the ducks for so long, dude. That's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. An interesting. I mean, apparently they're kind of far apart in their contract negotiations, so maybe they just can't find a deal, <laughs> and then he's a free agent. I think he's a free agent next year. Next year, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Pierre Ingvall? Ingvall. Uh, I think we have a Pierre Ingvall. His name is Barack McGinn. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> An interesting name. Was Max Pacioretty that I yeah. heard? But I yeah. kind of feel he's in the I want to go to a contender only boat. Yeah, I believe so. I would, I would say so. Corey Perry, but you know that <laughs> happened yesterday. You had to bring that up, man. Like, god damn it, that's yeah, that, gonna be ugly, bro. That, Seeing him in a Blackhawks jersey, that hurts. <sighs> I just hope if they do the Ryan Getzlaff retirement ceremony. I feel like you have to include Corey Perry, but at the same time, if you do it against the Blackhawks, you're not going to get Ducks fans in the building. It's all going to be Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Hawks in there. Just, just have him on like a Zoom, like a Zoom yeah, thing on you're the, have on to the do board. That. Just, yeah, you're yeah. going to have to do that. Corey Perry live via satellite from the yeah. bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 too bad. Yeah. Out of all the teams, man. I mean, I, I was, I was, I've always been afraid of him going to Nashville. I, I was worried about that so much for a, a couple of years, and I totally didn't even think about the Blackhawks. And then he goes to the Blackhawks. So, hey, you know, Connor Bedard needs protection, I guess. <laughs> but they offered, they offered him four million dollars, and he would be crazy not to take it because nobody else is offering him that. Yeah. Good, good for him, I guess. Good for him getting the bag, but fuck, why did it have to be the Blackhawks? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I am kind of skipping over some things we had in the in the notes here just for the sake of not having a super long episode. Uh, so we can cover some of the PHL stuff another time, especially with a lot of, I wouldn't say misinformation out there, but there are, yeah. there are a lot of conflicting reports. So instead of having to come back and correct ourselves, like we tend to do sometimes, uh, <laughs> we'll wait kind of until that yeah, fleshes out a little bit and the details of that are a little more known yeah, or the at only least thing, a little more clear. <laughs> yeah, the the only thing that seems concrete is that there is going to be a season next next season. It's going to be one league, and they're condensing to six teams. Six teams, and they're going to start January of 2024. That's literally all I know. I don't know. I, oh, actually, I lied. I also know that the Toronto and Montreal franchises are sticking around. I think the Buffalo Buttes are not because it seems like a lot of people are 
posting about the Buttes and like saying farewell. So that kind of sucks that Buffalo won't have a women's team. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more once once the picture is a little more clear. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into our hockey three six five topic, and we chose this one, you know, in in the spirit of drafting Leo Carlson out of the SHL and kind of the your European fan experience. Um, but he asks, why don't NHL fans create chants and songs like European sports fans do? Can we make this a thing? I wish we could. That'd be awesome. Our yeah. f- like North American sports fans just aren't as creative. I don't know, creative uh, into it, maybe. I don't know if I want to say into it. I don't know how to really explain it. It's just a whole different atmosphere. I mean, I've never been to like European soccer games or like European hockey games, but just watching on TV, it's like it's crazy. It's a whole different world. They got like smoke going off. They got flags everywhere. They're chanting and just, there's just so much going on. It just seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Like, especially in Sweden, Sweden, they have, their fans are so crazy. I, I, I do wish that, uh, the, there is one NHL team, the Islanders, they kind of have that type of thing going for them. The Kings They're, fans have a group that do it now uh, too, but yeah. to, to mix, <laughs> To mix reviews, some people yeah. really like it. Some people absolutely hate it. Yeah. Um. I bet. Hey, you know, good on good on them for uh for trying. Yeah. At the very least, um, the Island, Islanders fans do a pretty decent job of of some chants during the game. It's kind of cool. So we're gonna have to create. Like I, I Blues, sent this in the in the group chat earlier that we're gonna have to create a LAP. The Blues fans section. sing "Country Roads." Ah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of creative. But yeah. Also, blues fans. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to get a we'll have to get a LAP supporter section going. Just have purple smoke and just be killing <laughs> killing other fans in the in the four hundreds. I mean, we did talk about you know a, a lap a lap trip down to San Diego or Ontario yeah. for for an AHL game would be pretty fun. <laughs> There's just six of us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're just just screaming and just purple smoke. <laughs> uh, sir, how did you bring them the arena? Uh, well, it would be fun though. I just don't see it ever becoming a thing. Nah. North American yeah, sports we... fans are kind of fuddy duddies. Yeah. Yeah, way too apathetic. We we just want to have our beer and watch our sport and go home. Like it's not yeah. the party atmosphere that it is in Europe. Fortunately, yeah. it seems yeah. like so much fun. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into our other questions here. Do we want to start with the? Should we do serious into the fun ones like we usually do, or okay? Do we want to just kind of just read them in the order? Yeah, we can are. go. We can just go start with the serious, and then we'll 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 go into the the lighthearted. Okay. Well, we'll start with uh, Mr. Sicard here. Where should Leo Carlson play next season? And by should play, I'm assuming he's talking level, not position. Yes. Okay. Um, I, um, I say AHL at the minimum, but that's wishful thinking. Yeah, I want, I'd like him in Southern California. I think whether it's NHL, AHL, where should he play? 
I'd say AHL to start just to get used to the size of the ice. Yeah. You know, whatever, 20 less feet wide. Um, and then if, if it's such a cohesive unit uh, as far as the pipeline between McIlvain and Cronin, as far as like if they play a similar system, if they're having those meetings, then I think having him start in the AHL is a good thing just to also get him used to the system that the Ducks want to play in Anaheim. So, um, I, yeah, I'd say, I'd say AHL. I'd start say A, yeah. yeah. Yeah, AHL seems like the, seems like the move. What say you, Lou? Uh, I selfishly want him to see him in Anaheim, but go San Diego. It's the first time in a while we've all had a consensus answer. <laughs> we usually have one contrarian amongst everybody. It wants to be different, but I could yeah. say I could say Sweden if you want. <laughs> no, we'll we'll stick with all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Our next one comes from Bandit by Mine on Twitter. He asks thoughts on if you believe the Ducks drafted based on need or best available player. If you were forced to choose one of those options. Um, I think they pick best available according to their list, but I think it seemed they, like need. They, yeah, they they drafted on need based on based on the player that or the style that they wanted in their player. Yeah, like I just like I talked about earlier. So I'm gonna say need. Yeah, I'd say that's safe to say, mainly because. Towards the end there, I know Madden had said a lot in his his media availability afterwards that they wanted to to still stick to the game plan, but also take some picks uh, just because you, you know, like we had touched on, he doesn't like to leave drafts without a goalie and you can never have too many defensemen. So I feel like with the first maybe three picks, they went off of need. You know, we got another center in Leo Carlson, kind of a hybrid in, uh, in Terrence, and then, you know, a pure left winger in, uh, in Nico. Um, but I'd say they went with need because, you know, the wings have definitely been a, a very a weak point in, oh, yeah. in the duck system for a while. I mean, when Pashashov's you're only like really kind of out there, like by far and away, like, marquee winger prospect outside of Perot and Tracy, maybe like, yeah, he, there's definitely, there was definitely some, some room for growth in that regard. So I'd say, I'd say need. Yeah. Every, every guy they drafted outside or all the forwards they drafted outside of Carlson are, are going to be wingers. So yeah. in the, like if they do make an NHL, they're, they're going to be wingers. So yeah, need for sure. Our next one comes from Stevie. He asks, which prospect could you realistically make see make the main roster this year? Also, thoughts on Benoit not getting a qualifying offer. Uh, first Benoit off... did get it, didn't he? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I thought I, I meant Gruel. My bad. Um, Minchikov is the guy I can see making it out of camp just because he's... He plays the most NHL uh, style. I think he's um, he's the toolsiest, I think. And 
Yeah, he's he's the the only, in my opinion, he's the only number one deep. Uh, um, words. He's the only guy who can be a number one D in the NHL uh, potential. So okay. uh, he's the guy. He's the most NHL ready, I think, of the prospects. Minchikov. Gonna get minty up in here. Hmm. I'm gonna go off the board with uh, a wild pick and say Gaucher. Ooh, Gaucher. I didn't even. He didn't even cross my mind for some reason. He looked I mean, very last season or the, last preseason. The departure of everybody's favorite, or hopefully everybody's favorite player Derek Grant um <laughs> kind of unclogs the the bottom six a little bit yeah, yeah Lund- Lundestrom proved that after oh well, after his injury like he decided he was Swedish Wayne Gretzky all of a sudden you know <laughs> Lundestrom looked great for that second half of the year all things considered you know, yeah how bad the team looked um so I could realistically see them kind of giving him a a role as that third line center permanently and I would okay. hope that means that they give a guy like Gaucher a shot out of camp. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like he fits the mold of a guy they want to be ready sooner rather than later. Yeah. Just because you never can have too many centers. And if you're really going to kind of, I'm not saying they're going to put the the baby gloves on to, to, you know, make sure that Carlson's extra prepared to come to, you know, the North American game, but I feel like out of everybody, Gaucher would be that that guy. I'm gonna go with uh, Sasha Pasajov. What about you, Lou? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for him to to get away from us. Which prospect so. could you realistically see make the main roster? Um, probably Olin's yellow Yellowiger. I just feel like he's going to make it. I don't know. It's just gut feeling. The little Energizer bunny. Yep. I do want to let... eats like 8,000 carbs a day. <laughs> I, I do want to let everyone, everyone know. I asked uh, with free agency starting tomorrow, where do you think Max Comtois ends up? And I want to let everyone know that Elliot Tiford said Anaheim. The fake, the fake, the fake. <laughs> <laughs> he just quote tweeted me saying Anaheim. So, Comtois will be back. <laughs> and I wonder old... what's going to happen to his roller hockey <laughs> career. Hey, man, there's roller hockey everywhere. He'll be all right. Yeah, you but don't, you don't have to have ice to play. Yeah, but doesn't he like the beach? Yeah, I mean, he's got the whole East Coast. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh, real quick, back to the back to the question. I just uh, Zellweger. While I I think he's awesome and he's like just an like amazing prospect and he's just so good offensively. I think he has some things to clean up as far as fundamental defense. Like I know he's plenty strong, and he's not going to get bullied. But I think he just needs to work on like one on one battling, and especially against. Adults, adults, yeah, people that can yeah. Um, like it's just a different, different beast. So, um, I'd love it if he made it out of camp. I just that that one's hard to see happening, especially like just his style of play. I think I want. I think Verbeek and company want to see it uh, how it translates to pro hockey, and it could be yeah. it could be great. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, our next one comes from our good pal Duck Duck. He asks, "What do you think the Fantilli jersey guys feeling?" <laughs> Didn't okay. they interview him? Someone did. Someone asked him how he was feeling. I would. Didn't the pictures I saw? He didn't seem too mad. I mean, you gotta have his life. You gotta have some buyer's remorse at that point. But yeah, I'm surprised he didn't like rip it. Um, he didn't have any like injuries. He he walked away. So, (laughs) I mean, you could easily get the names and stuff taken off. Yeah. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think's worse? No, I won't ask that because I know what's no, worse. Never mind. No, you got to ask it now. I'm curious. <laughs> well, you know, there's the people that get the tattoo of oh, their the... of their that's team wearing the tattoo. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's worse. I was like in the process. I'm like, <laughs> that's no, way wrong. worse. <laughs> that's worse. Yep. Well, that's why uh, I stopped. Because that's Blue. just stuck on you forever. <laughs> And tattoos are expensive as a jersey is too, at least. So yeah, you're also yeah. paying the money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You like Eichel's tattoo on his thigh? Hey man, he won the cup. He could he could have yeah. put anything on his body. I haven't looked at his thighs lately, so I can't tell you what. It I'm looks a big like. thigh guy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, now we just keep going. Next question. Uh. Well, we're 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 bringing up uh, an old debate, but this time not with a specific animal. But Haley, she asks us, "What animal do you think you could take in a fight?" Probably a cow. You could oh. take a cow, Lou. Well, they're not very mobile. They're, I mean, they're ambulatory, but they don't really move. They just stand there. Uh, I just pictured Lou like cow tipping. You know, yeah, you just gotta tip it over, and game over. All right, we need to get Lou to run with the bulls. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that, dude. They'll kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to. I just, I love that your mind went straight to cow. I love that. That's because I was actually thinking about that for a while. <laughs> I knew that question was coming. Hey, he he was, was at least engaged for a, this one. It was between a horse or cow, but horse. Horses like kick. That might hurt. They 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 do kick. I mean, I'm pretty sure cows could kick if they're under distress. Yeah, but they're bigger, girthier, harder to move. I'm trying to think of an animal that I'd be willing to fight. Like a rat. I can beat. I can beat up a rat. Right. A rat. Pretty easily. Yeah, I can take a rat. I'd kick the hell out of a possum, bro. Hate those uh, things. I don't know about that, man. Hate those things. They're mean. They could probably mess you up a little, but just if you get a running start and it's like perfect timing, I could punt that thing. So, oh, screw possums, I bro. I also, <laughs> I also don't want to fight like a cute animal because that's not cool. No, so, like, no, no. A possum can can kick rocks. Uh, yeah, right. Curb stomp that possum. Yes. Yeah. It's, no thanks. I mean, if we're going off at animals we dislike, I would. Wouldn't mind throwing a snake. Okay, I ain't going I, near I, snake, I, dude. I, I do I'm, not I'm like snakes, snakes. So my first reaction would just, if it oh, came man. near me, try and safely grab it and throw it. Speaking of that too, <laughs> I just saw a TikTok of someone like filming a snake coming through their like ceiling fan. Oh yeah, like, and it gets flung. <laughs> oh yeah, and it flies. Oh my god, terrible. 
But yeah, I guess I guess I would fight a possum. We already talked about we already talked about geese and the hissing and all that. We don't, I wouldn't want to. I want to. I wouldn't want to fight a raccoon. No, raccoons. Raccoons are like like Patrick said. You don't want to fight a cute animal. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah, they're they're too cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also I guess depends on like the parameters of the <clears throat> fight. Like, if you're in like a a shoving match with like a penguin, I feel like that would be easy to just push a penguin over. Yeah. I was going to say like, like for a funny fight, like as an outsider to watch someone fight, I think it'd be funny to watch someone fight a bird. Like a parrot. Just any kind of bird, really. Like I just think it's hilarious. A pigeon. Well, against a pigeon would be an unfair fight. (laughs) Because you know they're they're government drones. They're yeah, not real. are birds even real? Just just ask, just ask, just ask Heather. Birds just aren't gonna, real. Just go to the zoo and get a get in a fight with like an eagle. <laughs> a fight that you would probably lose. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And when you brought up rats, it reminded me of workaholic. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but they had like a rat infestation in their house. And they, uh, yeah, you should watch it. It's it's uh, it's a crazy scene. They kill all the rats. What well, movie? It's workaholics. It's a show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah, they kill yeah. all the rats. It's pretty gory. Well, our next one uh, to get off the subject of beating up animals. You know, Pete is gonna <laughs> I, have a field I day with this I want to beat up a one. cow. FYI, <laughs> you beat the hell out that of was a just cow a hypothetical question. No, I would never heard a cow. No, or this was planned. This is planned for next weekend. You're gonna beat the hell out of a cow, and you're making us all burgers. <laughs> Hey, that came from you. I have the receipts. Well, Jack asked us, he said, we saw Patrick rank the Ducks draft class as Cold Stone sizes. Now, what are everyone's gold, go-to Cold Stone orders? He said, cotton candy with marshmallows mixed in is goaded. Yes, I am a kid at heart. <laughs> I pretty, usually go simple. with the strawberry blonde. There That's you go. my favorite. But there is a different one. I don't remember which one it is. I'm opening up DoorDash because it's the only place I know I could pull it up fast. I would I go strawberry. In years. I always go strawberry, man. That's that's my go-to. Uh, black cherry is, oh, black cherry would be good. I like, I'm just like a chocolate person. So I like, you know, like a chocolate ice cream with uh, maybe some brownie and um i like marshmallows that's a good idea and uh like some hot fudge or something hot fudge you a cookie dough guy yeah for sure love love some cookie dough my two go-tos are surrender to strawberry and the strawberry blonde okay that's that's the other one i was thinking of i just like any strawberry ice cream that has like the strawberry chunks in it delicious preach I will. I will not. If there's one thing in this world, I will not tolerate strawberry ice cream slander. Okay, I thought you were going on another ice cream thing that I didn't want to hear tonight. Oh, what? I don't like vanilla beans. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would go vanilla ice cream, the best flavor of ice cream. (laughs) As long as it's not vanilla bean, it's fine. There's not a really difference. There is. There is. There's, there's there's not, but it's clear okay. it's clearly the inferior one. <laughs> what do you what do you think's different about it? It just it doesn't taste <clears> as good <throat> as like 
French vanilla ice cream. I don't know. There's a difference. Vanilla bean is like the spicy cousin. It's like the fancy one that tries to act better than all the other vanilla ice creams. Are you calling that uppity? It is. It is uppity. Okay. But I will say most restaurants do carry vanilla bean and Heather always gives me shit when we get dessert at places because I eat it regardless. But they at least get like, I, I don't know, there's a difference between I feel like the quality that restaurants get and like something you buy at a store. Yeah. I can't explain it. There's just certain, maybe it's just a particular vanilla bean I don't like, but I got you. It's still, it's still at the bottom. okay our last one we'll we'll finish up with ryan ryan got his squeak of the weekend pretty early this time thank you ryan we do have some in the in the chat okay yeah do you want to do those and then ryan's or do you want to do ryan and yeah let's do those real quick and then we'll get to ryan's Mm. we're we're pushing a little yeah a little long here okay so money says thoughts on the 30th anniversary Oh yeah, fuck. We completely Yeah, we didn't even talk that. about that. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's this on the front, this logo. If you're listening, I'm wearing the Muddy Ducks jersey and I'm showing the uh the old shoulder patch with the, the mean mugging duck face. <laughs> For me, um, it's I just seven think, out of ten. Yeah. I like everything I but the logo. Be, I just think it's gonna be great to see those colors on the ice again. Yeah, yeah. it'll look nice on yeah. the ice for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we were having a, a debate in the Discord, Crash Upon Discord, about the the jerseys and like what color the helmets are gonna be. I know Felix said like they're gonna be black, but I hope they're not. I hope they're purple. Eggplant. Um, eggplant. Uh, yeah, they called it mighty purple, didn't they? And they plum. It plum. Or plum. plum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping plum. for like a, a matte purple helmet would be so cool. Matte matte eggplant. That, that looks so sick. But yeah, go, I'm with Lou. I give it a go, seven. Just go crazy and make it jade, a jade helmet. Man, no. <laughs> that would as be long, something. I feel the big thing's gonna be as long as the pant has more jade in it than it is purple, is kind of, is gonna kind of be the thing for me. Okay. Because it feels like it's gonna be a lot of, of eggplant throughout, you know, not mm-hmm. having like any of that jade in like the shoulders or anything. I'm yeah, kind of original. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, because the original had that um, the jade at the bottom of the jersey to like break it up a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. yeah, you're totally right. They need some sort of jade break. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the logo. It looks very like throwback classic esque, like the adult tournaments that they do in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I will say, I think the biggest thing for me is they at least are doing something different like i mean they obviously think this looks good um <laughs> they really I like, like the dates these, on like, the i like the dates on the on the arms they I'm are one says cool. 93 and the other one says you know some people don't like the silver the i'm silver not a fan of having both mighty ducks and anaheim ducks on it but it's an anniversary jersey like it's yeah it's, not gonna, it's, it, it's celebrating the entire entirety yeah, like it's yeah. gonna be for this season only. It's not like they're gonna make this the the new home jerseys or anything. Yeah, right? yeah, and that's that's why I don't really I don't really care too much. Like it's it's a one off. It's not a big deal. They're gonna be worn twelve, 12 times. times. Twelve times. Twelve. 
opening night for sure yeah we'll probably yeah we'll we'll talk about the jersey schedules for sure when those are released but yeah i mean like like you said it's a one-off it's not a huge not as big of a deal it'd be different if they're like okay these are our new home jerseys here's the white version you know what i mean it's like whoa all right that's a little because like you said the logo i like it as a shoulder patch um yeah it's very big on the front. It's, I'm it's, not it's a fan to grow of, the, of the Web D, the, the small Web D logo at the very bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very busy. Like, but my whole thing is the, the, the whole entire team was built off of silliness, and this is kind of a silliness uniform. So, yeah, it works. I could see if they somehow make like an alternate in the future that use utilizes the colors. I could see the crest becoming the new shoulder patch. Yeah, definitely. That that that's the thing. It's just they took a shoulder patch and they changed it and made it the crest, which I th- yeah. is the biggest knock. But I don't know. It's yeah. It's uh, they I really like, they stop doing the mashup uniform. They really well. yeah. I was about to say they really like to do these like Frankenstein jersey type things um like for the 20th they just had the straight up mighty duck one right yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was like a yeah and then and the, the tw- i know 25th everyone liked were the, good but yeah i didn't i didn't i mind. think these are better though i like the 25th but i was yeah. never like 100 percent on with those um i liked them but i just kind of like how this one is a little busy i i think there were just too many colors in the 25th anniversary one yeah because they had like all the ducks colors. The jersey was black. They had orange sticks. There was no. There wasn't. There was no gold, right? No, it was just the orange. shoulder patches had the web D. Oh, the web D was on the. Yeah, it was just yeah. the web D on the shoulders. I was. I was hoping the web D would be like maybe in a oval. It was very or... sharkish. Yeah, they were. Well, they were good, but it wasn't was... even the web D just by itself. Remember, it was the weird twenty fifth logo. Was I it? I thought no, that was on the pants. With the pregnant oh, D. Yeah, was on yeah the that pants. was the, yeah. the pregnant 5D <laughs> logo thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that it's 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 whatever. Uh I love the color. I, I love I love the eggplant color so much. Uh, I will say the, the ad patch actually looks kind of good on it. It's yeah. not terrible. Could be worse. Could yeah. be the flyers. Like, go look yeah, at the flyers. I could, I could I I could go without the ad patch, but at Sorry, least Jane. the color yeah. scheme fits it. Sorry, insider J money. I, it's two weeks in a row where I put the flyers down. It's my my apologies. I like I like the new flyers uniforms though. Yeah, they look nice. The burnt orange. Yeah. I will say the the one like the other thing with these are like the the pictures on the site definitely don't do it justice. Like the site pictures look terrible, but mm-hmm. seeing it in like more natural light, yeah, made them look it a looked, lot. It looks better. a lot better. I'm excited to see how it is on TV too. It's gonna to look so nice, I think. Yeah. Uh, they just yeah, need to turn um, the the cameraman's flash on when they're taking those pictures because a lot <laughs> of people are like, "Ooh, that looks rough." <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like how J Money in the chat here said that uh, liking strawberry ice cream tells me you are capable of killing someone. <laughs> so that's 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 nice. Um, <clears throat> two more really quick ones. How many? How many points from Zegris this upcoming season and McTavish? That's from Appa in the chat. So Zegris had, what, 65 this past season? I'll say it goes 80. 80? That's what what I was going to say, too. 80. And then 60 for Mason. What did McTavish finish with? I can't remember now. 
Fifty something. I, I thought it was around forty. Forty. Jason McTavish. I want to say like forty six. Forty-seven. I'm gonna go with he eight. He had <clears throat> forty-three. Oh wow, 40, forty-three. Okay. I didn't know he had that little. <clears throat> Say McTavish hits fifty. Zegers, Zegers first year the big boy money gets eighty. Okay. Yeah, I think this year's mm. he makes a jump. He did 80. make. He did make what like a five point jump. He yeah. went from sixty to sixty-five on a worse team. Z- yeah, I'll say Zegris goes, I'll say 75, and then McTavish, I'll go with 55. I'll go 75, 55. Yeah, I'll go somewhere around there. 77 and 61 okay. for McTavish. Yeah, I, I just see Mason getting <laughs> 60. I don't okay. know why. All right, now we can get to, I think that's all of them. We can get to the yeah. squeak of the week. Okay, so we must preface this by saying Ryan is currently in New York City. Yeah, he went to the Mets Giants game tonight, I think. Nice. So his question, or he starts with To the road with you, special food, memories, memes, and one can even dot, dot, dot. Wait, is that a Spirit Airlines airplane? <laughs> what the hell? What? It's a Mets B. Wyland. Anyways, what's the best <laughs> I'm going on the road to see my team or team I like moment for each of you? Just like seeing your team in a different, uh, in a way, game? Yeah. Basically. Or a team you like. Doesn't have to be your favorite team by choice. But I was, I was coaching a um, President's Day tournament in Arizona. Hey, and uh, the Ducks were in town. And I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, just after, it might have been like 2014, they had just acquired like Simone Dupre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like his first game. And I think they might have, that might have been the uh, Wisniewski year too when they reacquired him. And it was like, um, they were first place. And um, Was that the winning streak or the, not? That big winning streak? I think so. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, so the the whole team that I was coaching got tickets, and it, it's a it was a Coyotes game at I think at the time jobbing.com. so <laughs> they were good seats. <laughs> they were like you know forty bucks a pop for you know what fifteen rows back behind the net, and uh, yeah, it was cool to see those players for the first time, and and they got the win. That's what I'll say. I like that. You said twenty fifteen. I think it's twenty fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. One of those. <clears throat> Lou, you got one? Oh, he disappeared. Uh, no, I'm still thinking. Go ahead. I'll Jake? think of something. I mean, the two that come to mind, I they were very bad, but the two <laughs> games I saw the Avs play in Colorado when I went out there were really entertaining. I mean, from a perspective of I got to see essentially like three teams I'd never seen play before. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen the Avs play live. Um, Their arena is so nice, dude. Had somehow never seen the Sharks play live. Um, and then I'd never seen the Canucks. And that was the year that the Avs were very bad. So they lost both <laughs> games. Um, but the game against the Sharks, uh, Patrick Marlowe had four goals. 
And I remember there were more Sharks fans in the building than there were Avs fans. Hmm. Um, and then the Vancouver game was fun from the perspective of, I, I know I've told the story, but the two Australian fans that were there with me that were randomly Canucks fans. <laughs> um, and they were talking about how they come to snowboard in Colorado and they just That's so cool. happened to be there the same weekend their favorite team was there. I want to snowboard in Colorado. But uh, I want to say that was, I don't know if that was the year Pedersen was a rookie, but mm. I remember the Sharks just beat the shit out of them. And then the Canucks, <laughs> it was a close game. Um, but the highlight of that trip was I left Colorado mm. and Duchesne got traded like while I was in the airport. Oh, I wow. Think. <laughs> I don't know. Was he? I think he. No, he was still there because the souvenir cup I have has him on it. And then uh, Aginla got traded. And I got home. And like that very next week, my friend wanted to get tickets to go see the Coyotes play at Staples Center. <laughs> and he had gotten traded to the Kings. So I saw him play three times in like a span of two. Oh, weeks. that's cool. That's cool. And I'll always remember that Kings game because they lost in like a very long shootout to the Coyotes. And that was back when they weren't very good. So it was fun to point and laugh. At yeah, them. exactly. <laughs> Lou, you got one yet? You want me to go? Uh, I haven't really been to a away stadiums. So I guess I'll go Giants Angels at Angel Stadium a couple years ago. Uh, Shohei versus Kevin Gosman. Okay. That was a that was a good pitching duel. Lasted like 12 innings. I think the Giants won. I didn't say the entire game because I was getting sunburnt. And I just <laughs> didn't feel like watching the game anymore. So I'll just go with that one. Right. I, I did see the, the, the Warriors at Honda Center against the Lakers for preseason. Oh, pre- oh you've been to one? That's cool. Yeah. I got well, four do tickets. The Lakers, with- do they do that anymore? Uh, I don't know about Honda Center, but they go to San Diego a lot. Okay. The and Clippers, I, think, to... I think the Clippers were the last team to do it at Honda Center, if I'm okay. remembering. Yeah. Okay. I know the Lakers go to Ontario, I think, mm-hmm. where the rain play. The rain. Yeah. All right. So I'll give, I'll give three because two are good. One's bad. Um, I, I'll just, I'll say this one first because I've, I've brought it up a ton, but, uh, my one of my favorites was definitely the outdoor game between the Ducks and Kings, as you all know, because I was living in North Carolina at the time. So flying cross country to go see that was pretty cool. And it being like the first outdoor game in, in California at the time. So that one was awesome. Plus the Ducks won and they shut out the Kings. So that was beautiful. Uh, the second one was my first time ever in Denver. Went to the Avalanche game. They played the Senators. This was, I think, two years ago now. I think uh, maybe a year ago. I don't know. I don't know time. Um, and uh, like I said, it was Avalanche Senators. Just an awesome, awesome game. I think the Avs. The Avs ended up winning like eight six or eight or eight seven. It was so crazy, and we were pretty close to the glass. Uh, maybe seven rows up, maybe if that. Um, went with, uh, me and Jenny went with our friends that live in, uh, New Mexico, uh, Caleb and Olivia, shout out to them. We, we drove out to them and then we all got in one car and drove to Denver. So that was a really cool trip. And, um, Avalanche, 
the ball arena is like one of my favorite arenas. It's very nice. It's would, so nice. Dude. I want to go went, back now that they're good because yeah, they, right. I feel like that season didn't do it justice. But yeah, and I went a little nuts in the team store. I wasn't prepared. Um, I was not gonna spend what I did, but I ended up. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in and spend like thirty bucks, and then uh, I went up to the the counter. I'm like, do you have any like Peter Forsberg pucks? like besides the ones that are over here being shown. Cause it was like one had his face on it. And then there weren't any like cool ones. And she's like, Oh, hold on a second. And she like went in this like different area, took a puck out, brought it to me. And it was like in this, it's like in this special case. If you're not, um, if you're not on Twitch, you're not going to see this, but here it is. It came in this, in this case. Okay. And it was like 40 bucks. <laughs> for like a hockey puck but it's it's a it's a medallion puck so i went in saying okay i'm gonna spend 30 bucks i ended up spending 90 because i got this and like <laughs> something else but here's the puck wow it's got his number on there and the year and everything uh the years he played and all that in in colorado so that was really cool um and then really quick so i won't go on too much longer um the bad one also, I lived in North Carolina, and my sister decided, "Hey, it's almost your birthday. Let's let's take a trip to Tampa Bay and go." Because she's a Lightning fan. Sorry, I didn't say that. She's a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Let's go to Tampa, have a good time. The Ducks are in town. Let's go see the Ducks on your birthday in Tampa Bay. I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. First, that was our first time in Tampa. Lightning, your arena is very cool too. They have an Outback Steakhouse inside there. That's very random and cool. They also had a Tim Hortons, so they won me over pretty quick. But anyway, this is this was the game that the Ducks just got wrecked. It was on my birthday, and they lose six two. And not only did they get wrecked, and I had to sit there through the whole game, but my sister at the end of the game was like, "Hey, let's go try to meet the players." So I had to watch this team destroy my team six two, and then go meet them afterwards. <laughs> It was horrible, but that I don't know if you guys remember that game. This was back in like 2014, 13 or 14, but it was when the lightning just destroyed him and Freddie Anderson had like the net fall onto his head as he was like inside it, like it tipped forward and the the crossbar hit him in the back of the, in the back of the head. And he was just laying on the ice for a little bit. So that was, that was, that was different. It was pretty chaotic, but so yeah, that was a road game that sucked. Chris is like, great, they're losing, and the goalie's dead, <laughs> and he's dead, and I'm meeting the players. I had to meet <laughs> Brian Boyle and Steven Stamkos after. I'm like, great. I had to take pictures for my sister. I'm like, you're lucky. I'm like, I'm gonna throw your phone in the damn water. This is stupid. You're like, what the hell? This is my birthday. <laughs> yeah, craziness. But yeah, there you go. Squeak of the week. I will say to Chris's point about the Ball Arena team store. They have like they pull out like the the like fence like the kind of like like a fenced in area like during games because they they'll like carry different merch for like the Nuggets games Mammoth yeah, yeah. The Avalanche. And I remember when I was there, I I went like before the game like completely. I, I you know, I talk about that trip and being a complete outsider. Like it's like 30 degrees outside and I'm wearing two jackets and like heavy jeans. And I'm watching people jog past me in shorts and t-shirts. And I walk <laughs> into the team store and had to take off like two jackets to try on the Jersey I was buying. And Jesus. They still had world cup of hockey jerseys. And I, oh, I kick times. myself so much because I could have gotten, they were like 40% off. 
Really? It was like an $80 jersey. Like, no name or anything on the back, but it's just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I could have gotten a World Cup of Hockey jersey while I was there, too. I mean, I got a McKinnon jersey because it was the second year they had the the alternates mm-hmm. with the, the triangle logo. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was, I, I think about that because those jerseys are so expensive <laughs> and so hard to find now. Yeah. And I could, I could have just had one. And that's, yeah. that's actually crazy that it's been that long already. Cause that was the first year that we were introduced to Adidas. Yeah. Like that was our, cause everyone was afraid that the NHL jerseys were going to have the three, the three stripes down. The, like down everything the in the shop was, was Reebok still like all the <laughs> stuff I was looking at was the clearance stuff and these nice jerseys are there and I'm like, eh, I'm cool with spending like a hundred bucks on this jersey. Yeah. <sighs> well, good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, this was a bit of a long one, but we expected a draft yeah. heavy episode like this to be a little bit long. You know, shout out everybody who's stuck around the whole time on Twitch. Yep. Anybody that is listening on Saturday or you know, past Saturday, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. Listen to us this weekend, lap weekend, Saturday morning release. Kind of cool recording on a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Mm -hmm. wouldn't say get used to this because it is a little weird, but uh, (laughs) a little bit again, thank you for uh, sticking with us. Yeah. Shout out to Patrick for hopping on place to Connor tonight. Once again, being our resident draft expert. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, uh, having me on and letting me drone on about our the dust mm-hmm. picks. So I yeah. appreciate that. It's always fun having mm-hmm. you on, man. Remember, yeah. Leo Carlson is the future. He is one hundred percent the future. Top line center, Swedish guest. Yeah, he's our guy now. <laughs> Let's support him. Let's support our guy. Exactly, support him. He won't disappoint. Um, he's awesome. Get those ninety-one Carlson jerseys ready. Yeah. I did say I was going to have wine on here, and then I forgot I ran out of wine, so I had to have hard cider. But we had hard cider tonight. That was for to celebrate Leo Carlson. But yeah, sure like Jake, hard cider, huh? I said, are we sure about hard cider? Uh, yes, we're not getting into this. Yeah, though. don't get me started. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Jake was saying, thanks for everyone that stuck around in the in the Twitch chat. It was a lot of fun. Um, thanks everyone listening. Like Jake said, whenever you're listening, whenever you take us in. Um, follow us everywhere on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at late arrivals pod. We just, uh, Chanel actually just uh, put out a new Twitch video today. So go interact with that for us and, uh, give her some likes on that and maybe some comments and stuff like that and interact with it. She's doing a great job over there. Uh, follow inside the rink as well on Twitter, Instagram. You can also follow them on TikTok. Um, they got all and Facebook. You can follow them on Facebook if you're still using that platform. We post a lot of our articles on there. Um, that I just love to see the replies to, by the way. If <laughs> if you're on Facebook and you reply and you're listening, I just love all of your replies. It's just wonderful to see. Um, but yeah, just follow us everywhere. Inside the rings can be super busy tomorrow with free agency opening up and everything. So yeah, follow us everywhere. A lot of fun. Promo code lap. Promo code lap. We'll probably see and you promo next. code lap ten for lap ten for shift hockey. Shift. Yeah. Lap L A P for uh seven one four. But yeah, we'll probably see you next week. 
maybe hopefully next week's hopefully. episode 50 50 um oh, so this 50. is the max jones max episode. jones episode tonight episode jones. 50 next week i plan Bill hasn't unblocked me i i do have a plan for a guest i'm not going to say anything yet because i'm not sure if it's going to happen for 50 or 51 but we'll antoine dramat episode <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes oh, but yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but yeah so we'll see you uh we'll see you all next week thanks for listening bye bye you can follow late arrivals on both twitter and instagram at late arrivals pod if you feel so inclined leaving a review and rating wherever you get your podcasts is a great way to show your support and is much appreciated take care 